Hello and welcome back, episode number 14. Thank you for joining me again. I would like to say thank you to a lot of people who've been listening from all around the world again. I always am going to thank you. It's the thing I do. I'm a nice Englishman, so here goes. I'd like to say thank you to Central and Eastern Asia. I'm just looking at a list I have on my screen here. Canada, Germany, um, France, UK-wide, and the US. Thank you, US. You are winning (laughs) being the top listeners. Um, So, hello, America. I hope you're enjoying listening to my dulcet tones. Anyway, keep listening, keep subscribing. Um, If you have reviews, if you could go onto SoundCloud and leave me some reviews, that would be amazing. Still struggling with the iTunes problem, still don't know where they've gone. Uh, hold this thought, watch this space. Um, yeah, so please do go onto SoundCloud. It's easy. Just type in a Beginner's Guide to a 40-something Gay Man and uh, you will find a space to review me there. Um, leave me your positive thoughts, please. Thank you. Um, also, you can go into ukpodcasters.com, ukpodcasters.com. Um, just type in, again, Beginner's Guide to a 40-something Gay Man and there's a really easy space for you to just leave a nice review. Even if it's just, just a couple you know, two, three words, and uh, and rate me. That would be amazing. Um, so thank you in advance. Um, and if you've got anything negative to say, then uh, keep it to yourself. No, that's great. Thank you. Um, so this week, my special guest is Mr. Peter Bramley. Um, Mr. Peter Bramley is an old friend, an old, old friend. He's a bit older than some of my other guests I've had so far. Um, but we known, we've known each other for many a year, and we have a rich and colourful history from way back. Edinburgh festivals, and uh, we had a gay cleaning company together called Scrubbers. <laughs> there will be more about that down the line. But um, uh, hasten to say that he has gone on to greater things and is known throughout the world of theatre and movement, literally throughout the world. He's worked in and lived in New York and uh, has worked in Canada and uh, has been absolutely everywhere. Moscow. Um, so have a load to talk about and lots to catch up on. Um, and so, yeah, we, we have... We have memories from yesteryear, so look forward to that. Um, uh, thank you again for all the nice feedback that I've had from the uh, major podcast. Um, uh, people really enjoyed listening to that. And uh, and I think the mood was different, and it was a little bit different, because it always will be when it's somebody I don't know as well. And I think that's not actually a bad thing, having that kind of juxtaposition between good friends and then new guests who are hopefully will become new friends. Um which leads me to say again, thank you to everybody around the world, because I hope that you consider yourself friends as well. It sounds a bit cheesy, but I hope that my voice can be uh, a friendly voice when you're feeling down or tired or in need of uh, some kind of respite from the world. I can be that person. So thank you. Um, which brings me to also say, please jump in with any questions you might have to me about anything. I've said it before, and I did get a couple, um, but the, the mainly I've had the questions from people that I sort of know in the world. I've had a couple of others um, that uh, one I answered privately. Um, But don't be shy. Um, Jump in and uh, you can contact me. The easiest way is at my website, which is mattiankelly.com. And you can just find my email there. Um, So go to mattiankelly.com and email me or even maybe even easier, go to at Kelly Matt on Twitter and uh, we can we can bounce around some uh, questions there. You can direct message me or you can even leave a, a message on my uh, t- 
just on my feed and uh, I'll, uh, I won't reply to it there, but I'll deal with it on this podcast. So jump ahead, please, world. And um, also, if you have anything you'd like me to listen to, to see, or anything you'd like promoted, I'm your man. So jump in and, and let me know. Um, update on things. I've uh, had a bit of a bad stomach, so things kind of ground to a halt. I did discover, saying that, this beautiful place called Elmstead Woods for our UK listeners. Elmstead Woods, which is in Kent, on the edge of London and Kent. And the most incredible thing happened. Keith and I were walking through these beautiful woods, and I suddenly smelt this overpowering smell of perfume, like there was a group of women who just left Harrods, uh, launched themselves into the woods, and decided to have a picnic whilst dousing themselves in extreme perfume. And, of course, it wasn't. I walked into this clearing, and there were these bluebells. There was this bluebell wood, and I've never, really, genuinely never had been overpowered by such a smell in my life. Um, it was... It, it was like rich, older women, but it was probably a, little, it was a lot more natural. Um, it was incredible. I've never had my senses kind of attacked in that way. Uh, so... For, for for our London and, and Kent listeners, go to Elmstead Woods, especially right now. It's absolutely stunning. So another place to escape to. That's what London's about. It's about balance. <laughs> um, my recommendations for this week are, and I'm a little bit late to this party, I'm sure. I'm sure lots of you have watched already, is a show called Sense8. Um, and Sense8 is, well, it's just incredible. It's about eight people who are... Um, Basically, they're kind of, they're unconnected at the beginning of the show. And they're spread throughout the world, but they suddenly become connected by this really kind of vivid dream thing moment they have. And from that moment, without giving any spoilers, which would it'd be easy to spoil the show, they all become really, but they become connected and they can communicate with each other and they can help solve each other's problems. I'll say no more than that. It's colourful. Um, it's spectacular. Everyone's really pretty. And there's one actor in particular who I've just discovered has been in the West End Glass Menagerie. I wish I'd known before I'd watched it. Um, incredibly handsome uh, actor called Brian J. Smith. Um, he must get a special mention. Um, all the, uh, the gay men and uh, ladies in the house will definitely appreciate his performance. Go in and watch, if for, for no other reason. No, it's, it, it is a great show. Um, and full of very pretty people and say the, the settings are worldwide so yeah um everywhere from san francisco to uh seoul to uh to the african continent to just well it's 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 worldly is all i'll say no more spoilers do it um other things to recommend is yes i've been listening to an album my new my album this week has been and i try and get a new album each week which is not always easy. Well, it is easy, but to pre appreciate properly. Um, but this week I have one by um, by uh, a guy called Joe Goddard, who was in a band called Hot Chip, which I'm sure lots of people are aware of. If you haven't, they're also a good band. Go and check them out. But Joe Goddard has released uh, a solo album called Electric Lines. And it's a really strong album. Really, really strong. But there's one track. I've always got to give you one track. And there's one track in particular called Home is incredible 
and I'm not just exaggerating, and I know you probably listened to some of my recommendations and said, oh God, he's just exaggerating. But this, trust me, Home, it starts out as kind of a sort of electronica song, a bit pet shop poisy maybe, and then it becomes uh, it, then it becomes a house track. And then kind of halfway through, it becomes this glorious gospel, amazing moment, kind of, I suppose you'd call it a drop. Um, I just just overwhelming amazing um probably one of the most positive songs i've heard in many a year if you're feeling down uh as soon as you've listened to this podcast go and download it just download the one song if nothing else the whole album's great but home promise you will uh, perk you up whenever you need perking it's one of those uplifting to the max um finally eurovision is coming up this weekend um by the time i release this it will be probably a lot of you will be listening to this maybe before some of you after eurovision um a bit like gay christmas eurovision song contest um we're doing a thing for terence higgins trust we're kind of well we're doing a thing it's just a group of local friends nothing special but uh we you can get a pack from them um and i'm probably saying they should have been saying this last week but you can get a pack from them and you can um make a bit of money just being with a few mates so we're doing that but uh portugal the entry by portugal i don't know maybe when you're listening to this there will have been a winner but all i'll say at the moment is it should win i watched a, i think it was a rehearsal performance of this guy from portugal and i sobbed i sobbed amazing that's all i'll say it's all very positive and then the other thing i'm looking forward to uh very soon and i think in a week and a half or so is todrick hall uh doing his straight out of oz tour in london i think he's been in australia at the moment and of course he's been a judge on rupaul's drag race recently there we go there's that this week's mention of that show um but anyway uh lots to look forward to and i'm really looking forward to introducing you to my old dear friend mr peter bramley it's been a while that's me <laughs> welcome and welcome and welcome Peter, we will explain how we know each other in a minute, but first of all, because I've given a little preamble, if you can tell us where you were born. I was born in... A poor black child. Yes. <laughs> I was born in a place called Mexborough, which is near Doncaster in South Yorkshire. That was it, Doncaster. In 1971. So that makes you... 46. Yeah, just... Just. A, just a baby in arms. Yes. <laughs> um, and school-wise, how was, how was uh, I mean, initially, because I've kind of gone into details with everyone else, and it's like, did you did you enjoy the did you enjoy first school and then comprehensive? Was it tough? Um, I think it yes, it was particularly tough. And in the age of Facebook, um, I often get invited to reunions yeah. and stuff like that and but also friend requests from people that I have no memory of mm-hmm. and it's really bizarre because I've got quite a good memory I've got a really good memory for faces but not very good memory for names but the whole of my school life I've mentally shut out I can't remember people so, so why a, why why do you think that is? Um, I just no way, I'm sure. Well, there's a couple of reasons. One is, I mean, school life wasn't happy because, well, I can, I can go into detail about it was. 
it was football and stuff. I wasn't a very I wasn't very interested in the same things that boys from Doncaster were interested right. in. And right from being born, I think I must have been very odd to my family. Right. Um, I did my um, uh, family tree thing online mm-hmm. um, a few years ago, and I, I stopped. It's quite interesting how the further the further you go down the line to find out about your family, the further away you feel from it, actually. Right. And just, How far back did you go? Well, I got to about 1750-something. Oh, okay. Yeah. And what I discovered is all of my family, certainly all downstairs, so all lower class, uh-huh. um, all worked in the mines, uh, cotton mills, um, servants, you know, um, and never changed class. So no, never. there was never any illegitimate... <laughs> you know, there's not nothing happening with chambermaids in cupboards or anything like that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but um, it's only my generation where I was able to get out and have an education that I've kind of right had the opportunities that for hundreds of years my family neither had nor would have ever expected. Okay, and I think that was part of this feeling of being weird not belonging was that I the the last thing that I wanted in my life was to work down a pit right and yeah. my brother and they were still open my brother who of course yeah who was seven years older than me he was a miner he, he started working when he was 16 and he went down the mine yeah and to the, to them it was a good job and it was a safe job and it was good money and that's what people did that was the industry mm. My dad didn't work down the mine. He worked for he made he made um, um, nylon uh, in a it was a nylon factory, Uh Um, and he did that all his life. I didn't see didn't see a lot of my dad because he always worked overtime. He was you know yeah yeah yeah, Um, and he he's my dad's a very kind, lovely man, Uh, masculine but not overbearing. I didn't grow up with him, so my parents were divorced when I was six. Right. Six or seven. And I think that is more of a trauma for me than school, mm-hmm. that my home life was traumatic. Okay. So I think I think my me- blo- me blocking everything out from my memory is has, probably has more to do with that, but a very unhappy kid going into school, uh, feeling out of place... Um, so it wasn't really school, it was more, you were, before you even arrived at the school, you weren't in a great space yeah, in your head. I think so. Okay. Yeah. So, um, yeah. I'm, I, th- the, I think that um, the, the word gay was always used as an insult, but I don't think anybody ever actually believed it was a real thing mm-hmm. where I grew up. So there's not, for me, there was no reference. Like, I didn't have anybody, I, I didn't know anybody who was mm-hmm. I probably did but, there but was, didn't know in, yeah. anybody so that led to a kind of a feeling of being the only one in the world yeah. I can remember going on walks kind of trying to ta- talk myself out of it this is when I went through puberty and I realised yeah I, I was gay sure um, but um, 
uh, yes, yeah, so no, I just didn't fit, fit in, and I and I was frightened of boys, and I think whenever I tried to be masculine, I can remember a couple of times. You know, they used to set up a fight. You didn't just fight; you kind of organized at it at a time yeah. in the playground after a thing. It was, yeah. It was uh-huh. always uh-huh. it was always set up, and that uh-huh. happened twice in my life, and I got really badly beaten up. Oh, really? Yeah, and because I. I'm like, well, I'm trying to think what creatures kind of shut down. <laughs> if in in, um, I think this has probably got to do with the trauma. But when when uh, somebody attacks me, I don't. My instinct isn't to attack back. I kind of shut. I shut uh-huh, down. Uh-huh. Um, so I was frightened of. Because I call them men. They were boys. The big boys. Yeah. Um, and felt very different from them, and I liked drama. Oh. <laughs> and I liked, I liked, um, I yes, I, I think I was fla- fairly flamboyant. I think it must have been fairly. So were you? Yeah, that you can remember. We did. also did anyone ever refer to you as sensitive? No. Okay, you didn't ever have that. Okay. No, I think my brother probably called me a puff. <laughs> um, but this is because. <laughs> When <laughs> there was a big craze for, you know, roller skates. Mm. Well, there used to be the kind of roller skates where you, you tied it onto your shoe. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. And that... Like uh, steel. Yeah, yeah there was yeah, steel yeah. and you'd strap them onto your shoe. But they were really rubbish. They were kind of scrapey. <laughs> so you'd go to... <laughs> you'd just go scra- scraping down the, uh, yeah. the road. Anyway, and then this shop came out called Zodiac Toys. And I think it was probably a precursor to Toys R Us or something. Big store, just full of toys. And they started doing American-style roller boots. (laughs) And roller boots suddenly became a bit the the thing that everybody had. So I got a pair of roller boots from Zodiac Toys for Christmas. (laughs) And I went, unlike all the other people who, all the other kids who had roller boots, I went to the library... And I got a book, I <laughs> got a book out about champion roller skaters. Of course. <laughs> and, and there were lots of pictures and diagrams of all the moves. And I can't, you know, I, 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 I can't demonstrate on your podcast. No, but, well, that'll be a YouTube video. <laughs> but there was all kinds of, you know, squatting and kind of reaching for your toe and then reaching up for your leg behind you. Oh, yeah, yeah. You know, yeah, like the yeah. Grace, Grace Jones Grace, cover. Yes. Yeah. Uh, but yes. on a but on a roller skate. Oh, and is she on a roller skate? I'm I not think sure. she is. Is she? Well, that, and is that, that. Yeah. Yes. Yes. But it was that kind of thing. Well, in Doncaster, <laughs> in a mining village, <laughs> they used to have uh, houses that backed onto each other. Yeah. And down the down the in between the gardens was a the alley, and we yeah, used to yeah. call them the backs. Yeah, yeah. Anyway, every now and again, they would tarmac them, so they're beautifully, you know. And I would spend many an hour <laughs> doing all these uh, very flamboyant poses on my roller skates. I'd kind of forgotten about that, but, you know, I was quite dedicated. Amazing. <laughs> and my mum said to me uh, that she always knew I'm one of three of her kids. Mm-hmm. She always knew that as soon as I was able to, I would fly the nest I would go so what age away. did you did you leave her 18 okay yeah she wouldn't have let me go before that okay but I moved to London when I was 18 
So the kind of the latter years of school, you was it just kind of a case of put your head down and yeah. get through it so you could escape or? Well, I had this rather wonderful uh, opportunity to reinvent myself in a way because I was, my uh, saving thing at school was that I, I could be quite funny. Mm-hmm. And I was quite good at drama, and I had a really fantastic drama teacher. I mean, a lot of people have said that, but he went... It wasn't just about drama, it was somebody who would talk to me and saw me as an individual, and mm-hmm. and he put me forward... For, I can remember, he put me forward for this competition, I think it was sponsored by a bank or mm-hmm. NatWest or something, and I had to go to a hotel in Doncaster and have this interview and it was for young leader of the year or something I wasn't ever that I was <laughs> far too shy right but I think it's because he saw that I was ambitious and I wanted to get somewhere mm. and he was really really encouraging so that was a, a big shining light there a big shining light of positivity in that experience mm. and I had lots of girl friends that I had fun with sure but it was you know uh it it was it wasn't as tough as other people mm-hmm. and I think I was probably a bully myself really there was a there was a a boy called uh Robert Young who's changed his name since then and he was much more flamboyant than me okay and he was picked on and I suppose I don't think I actively picked on him myself but I disliked him I can remember disliking because you saw something familiar something yes, you recognised yeah. I think so and I could see how he was treated by other people and I didn't want that for myself mm. so it's quite it's quite um, uh, cowardly really but I think it's quite Common. Yeah, I'm that sure happens. it is. Anyway, <laughs> Robert Young, who was, is now a very successful drag queen ah. who lives in Wales. Okay, what do you know the, the, the name of? Dr. Bev, I believe. Okay. And um, uh, uh, seen him on Facebook and looks rather glorious. Um, so. And the, I saw him, I saw him, the first time I saw him was on, uh, as a contestant on The Weakest Link. <laughs> and so I was at home about 15 years ago uh, watching The Weakest Link and at lunchtime and um, he won it and God and uh, Anne what's, what's her name and presents? Um, I was going to say Whittaker that's another Anne and yes her you are The Weakest Link goodbye and the memorable yeah, person anyway red haired lady yes she did it in the US as well I told sure. you I wasn't good with names can't remember. Everyone knows who yeah. she is. But um, she said to him, you know, she said to him, so what is it you do, Robert? And he said, I'm a drag queen, Anne. <laughs> I fell off my chair. <laughs> I fell off my chair. I thought it was absolutely fantastic. He was in, was he in? He wasn't in oh, drag. Was oh, okay. He wasn't in drag and I hadn't seen him in drag, but I, 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 I suppose I knew, I knew he was gay, but I hadn't thought about it. It just came on the telly. Mm. And he said, she said, what do you do for a mm. living? And he said, I'm a drag queen. So... I wasn't the only one at school, uh, mm-hmm. but we 
we kept our distance from each other. Mm-hmm. Um, and I'm sure we weren't that nice to each other. Yeah. Um, yeah, I had one of those. Yeah. So he would, and and also he did drama. So I think that was a a bit maybe a bit of a bit of rivalry. So it was competitive. It's just yeah, like yeah. you stay away from Mr. Westwood. He's my teacher. Right, right. I'm I'm the ingenue here. <laughs> <laughs> don't rain on my parade. Yeah, don't rain on my parade. <laughs> yeah. Uh, wow. Yeah. So uh, what was I saying? He's he, he, yeah. He's uh, I I watch his life with kind of fascination now because he's embraced a gay life that I it's completely different. Mm, life. Mm-hmm, completely mm-hmm. different life from me. So the flowers led to something yeah. successful and useful. Yeah. yeah. So anyway, that was that was school. But I left school at sixteen, and this was uh, great. Mm-hmm. This was one of the happiest times for me because mm. I went to sixth form college. Right, <laughs> and sixth form college was a, a, a place I went to to do. Uh, it wasn't B Tech then, but it was it was three A levels, but they were all. It was called a drama foundation course. Oh yeah, right, yeah. And it was in a theatre, and um, it was A level drama, A level art, but slash theatre design, and then English slash. Shakespeare plays kind of okay, stuff like okay. that English literature so it was packaged together those three A-levels as a, as a drama foundation mm. and it was brilliant it was brilliant because I was with like-minded people and I made an I made an effort to not be the quiet shy one mm, mm-hmm. and I I had a chance to do that and I've done that a few times in my life actually mm. um decided that I'm not going to be what I was with that group of people or and sometimes it takes it's about it's about working a little bit harder because I'm naturally quite shy yeah yeah no I'm I'm the same and I think lots of people in our world definitely are and it does take a little bit of when you said before reinventing it's kind of going back to okay so that was kind of working and I'll take that from that situation. I'll be that person there, and then yeah. it's not even being fake, but it is just—it's. It's, I guess it's protection and dealing with the situation in a better way. Yeah. Like I've learnt. So no, I think it's a natural thing to yeah. do. So it was a nice time to grow up, and 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 I felt I felt that my flamboyance. I'm making it sound like a walk, walking around in heels and feather boas, but. Uh, it wasn't. I would. Yet. I, I no. I got a um, a friend who was on the same course. She didn't stay. She was a bit older, and she she went off to uh, university in. She went to do a course in Nottingham, and I would start to visit her in Nottingham, which mm. felt great for me because I was traveling, I was getting on the train, and I was going out to a different city yeah. and meeting new people. And uh, another friend was um, I was quite jealous of him at the time. It's called Roman Foster. That's which a name, is, which is a very good name. It's a good name. And he was with an he'd got an agent, and he'd got an equity card. Now an equity card then was like, oh yeah, that was the golden ticket. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> that was a golden ticket. And and he would he was with this agency, and actually it was an extras agency, but it didn't matter then. He was on. He got the card. <laughs> So um, every now and again he would come to London to do uh, a job and I 
came with him mm. and either watched the filming, which was interesting, or spend the day in London and meet him later. Mm-hmm. So I was starting to kind of branch out, okay. which I don't know, seemed kind of normal around 16, 17. I suppose he's quite young. I mean, I, I do, think... Do 16-year-olds do that these days? I think I think it's one thing or the other, isn't it? Especially now, a, a yeah. child can... A child, a teenager, can launch themselves yeah. much easier yeah. and could be uh, an online personality. Yeah. So, yeah, but back then... No, not so much, because yeah. it meant leaving a place and yeah. being in a different city. Yeah. Well, I, I suppose I got a wanderlust, mm. if that's mm-hmm. the right mm-hmm. word, of, 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 of seeing places outside of my town yeah. and wanting more of that stuff. And also, I suppose, I suppose Nottingham, London, they're kind of university places where there's much more... I'd also been, uh, while I was at college... Well, my my it's my coming out story really. But, well, yeah. Um, but I'd also got a job as a supernumerary mm-hmm. at the Crucible Theatre in Sheffield. Okay. And I was just seventeen, and it like was... the magazine. <laughs> yes. <laughs> and it was uh, with Bill Gaskill, who I didn't realise was a, a, a William Gaskill. So uh... he was a. He was, you know, he was the one who uh, famously made Laurence Olivier improvise. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And wow! So this is your first. Yes, and he and he's he's uh, the one who who yeah, yeah. Caused, caused a ruckus. And I think he was an old homosexual, and I think I was <laughs> rather pretty because the other four boys who were picked were also my age and kind of pretty. Okay. And we were in, we were the crowd of Seville. <laughs> in uh, the marriage of Figaro, the play. Uh, uh, oh right, okay. The play of it, the original play. Um, anyway, so that was very exciting and very glamorous for me. I was going to the big city of Sheffield, which yeah. is only about twenty minute train ride. Yeah, but still. Um, but um, and I was meeting actors who I'd seen on telly. Yeah, yeah. And I was sitting in the green room having chats to people that I'd seen on telly. That was extraordinarily exciting. Mm. And uh, so that's that was happening during this time. Yeah. And that's where I was seduced. In the green room. <laughs> I wasn't seduced in the green room. I wasn't seduced in the green room. I was seduced by an actor, one of the actors. Who shall remain nameless. Yes. But um, and that was that's where you launched the ship. I launched the ship. <laughs> it was a bit of a tugboat. <laughs> <laughs> I was so, as we all are at 17, I was so naive and I'm kind of in touch with this guy um, and certainly was about 10 years ago and Mm. he's since, he's since, uh, mm, I I don't know, I think he might be married, but Mm -hmm. um, to a guy. Right. Um, And I think, and he said to me that he, he, how did he put it? He said he probably did rather take unfair advantage of the situation. Okay. But I so was, what was... What was the age difference between I, He was 37. Okay. He was 37. But therein lies the tale. Because I think I've always been attracted to 37-year-olds and still am. 
<laughs> Specifically, thirty-seven. <laughs> still, still goes back. Now. Well, yeah. Between thirty and forty is the kind of when I'm walking down the street. That's what turns my head. Okay. It always has been. Okay. Um, and, but it wasn't that. He wasn't like a. He, he, I wasn't seduced by him. I was seduced by the idea and the opportunity. Okay. He was the first person who ever asked me if. I was gay. Okay. Uh, and right. he was the first person who ever said to me, because I am. Oh. We were eating chicken tikka at the time in a restaurant, and I'd, I hadn't been to many restaurants. So this was part of the <laughs> yeah, seduction. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. He said, can I buy you dinner? <laughs> can I buy you a can, can I buy you dinner? And he said, well, there's this really lovely Indian restaurant around the corner. I was thinking, I've never eaten Indian food. I've only yeah. ever been to a restaurant with my mum. Uh-huh. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, so it was all very new and very yeah. exciting and he said so so are you gay and I couldn't eat the rest of the meal he mm. kind of spoiled that meal for me <laughs> <laughs> still and, can't look at and he said can... and he said because it was in the same sentence because I am and I just you know so I think he was trying to make me feel comfortable or whatever yeah. and it happened that night and quite kind of willingly it was the curiosity and mm. uh, and I didn't find him unattractive mm-hmm, mm. Um, um, but that wasn't what was driving it really it was a bit of relief it was a bit of oh I found somebody mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I'm not There's the only another human being I'm not the only person in the world and it's not a myth mm. and also he doesn't look like Larry Grayson and he doesn't look like Right, Lionel Blair. You, which, uh, which will obviously yeah. will come to yeah. a bit as the things that you first recognised. Yeah. Okay. So it, it was, and there were a few others that I mean, but I, you know, and I could have, I could have, you know, <laughs> I could have sown my wild oats, but I was naively very faithful to. I thought he was my boyfriend then. Right. I thought that was it. Done. Married. I children. thought that was it. Yeah. And so uh, <laughs> after that show, I was still at Sixth Form College, um, but he lives in Greenwich still, I think. Right. Oh, God. And I would come and visit him. I would come and visit him in Greenwich. Mm-hmm. And so I was around Greenwich and London quite a lot. And, and I had a bit of a um, kind of way into this part of London, mm. you know. And you're still here. And I'm still here. <laughs> 20... So how many years? <laughs> well, I moved here in 1989. Math says... It's 28 years. Yeah. yeah. 28 years. Yeah. Goodness gracious. <laughs> <laughs> um, and that's wow. that's kind of incredible to me, actually. Uh, the The way... I've got quite a strange relationship with time Mm -hmm. in that I feel like my life is on fast forward and that everything is in groups of 10 so Mm. that happened 20 years ago that happened 10 years ago but I'm saying 20 and 10 but I'm feeling like it it wasn't that long Mm -hmm. ago Mm -hmm. Uh, uh, when we get application forms now from students they're starting to this year they will say 2000 date of birth Oh my god. Yes. And I do wow. That's, have that's yeah. And I do not that I wear them, but I do have underpants at least that old. <laughs> I think we probably all do. 
you know, I've just kept... For a rainy day. I've just, well, that, and I I've hope. just kept them, and I, maybe part of it's like the hope, well, one day I might fit into them again. <laughs> and also, you know, the memory of me 20 years ago in those pants is very different to them, to what they look like now. So this, just holding on to those pants. <laughs> pants for the memory. Yeah. Oh. Yeah, no, no, completely. God. Uh, you're making me think I need to go through my underwear drawer and chuck some stuff out actually wow old uh, underwear older than one of your students which we need to come to about exactly who you are and what you're doing in a minute Mm. so but kind of as we're on this whole coming out so that was kind of your moment which is one of my questions you've had that point yes so then you finished sixth form college well I finished sixth form college I did actually I'd forgotten about this I'm burying things (laughs) <laughs> I had, I did then, that did open the doors, actually. It, I suppose it gave me a bit of confidence in, this is a real thing, and this is who I am. Mm-hmm. I had a girlfriend at the time. Interesting. That's a big thing that I left out, isn't it? Yeah. Um, Claire Smith, I went to school with, she was very beautiful, and she was very lovely and kind, and I think I was probably in love with her. mm um, and I think I felt it very deeply, but it wasn't. It wasn't. It wasn't physical. Mm-hmm. It was the person, right? You know, it's a. It was a deep friendship. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And so the idea of of that being the thing and marriage and where well, we had. So I my first sexual experiences were with a girl, right? And very much feeling. Well, my first sexual experiences were with myself. Well, yeah. Yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And in my own little world, there were lots of other things happening and quite specific things. Right. Um, very much attracted to men in their 30s. And that's, you know, that was in my head from puberty. Onwards. Did you have anybody in your... Like somebody... The reason I ask is because I certainly had... I had like the six million dollar man as far as television and having um, having a physical something to watch yes. from afar did you have one of those yes who was yours Buck Rogers oh my god oh my god yes it was just so yes and I made yes. the mistake I made the mistake of googling him oh now to see what he's like now don't do that oh god don't, don't what, do what it was... well he's it... well I mean he's what, is he 70 I, it, or something? Then? Yes. I mean, and... 80? Th- weirdly, that's the thing that makes me feel old. It's not my body and me. It's mm-hmm. it's who I grew up with getting old. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, he was yeah, this yeah, yeah. beautiful man, and now he's older, and that happens. Anyway, it was him. Yeah. Very masculine. Bit of a hairy no, chest. No, I, I remember. Yeah. And there was... Can you remember there was... It was called Twinkie or something. There was a robot, and he had a penis... Shaped, shaped head what was, and, and he would go wiggy wiggy or something like that wiggy, yes yes wiggy wiggy or something yes. like that yes I was going to say it was a mushroom that was it was Robin a kind of a Williams. mushroom shaped head toadstool yes. shaped head yes no I know exactly oh, and he had a gorgeous female sidekick but they were very glamorous so there was him gorgeous uh, yes um, what's his name uh, Lee Majors yeah yeah, yes. yeah 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 he yeah. was in there yeah he was in there and the guy from Patrick Duffy on Dallas. Yeah. Patrick Duffy. I mean, yes. now it was also crazy. the man, man from Atlantis. That's probably where. That's probably where it was. Probably My, the strongest. Can you remember the way that man, the man from Atlantis used to swim? 
He didn't use his arms. He used to wiggle. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah he used yeah. to undulate through the, the water. And my brother <laughs> uh, did that at Rotherham Swimming Pool, somehow with his mouth open, and chipped his teeth on the bottom of the oh, pool. No. <laughs> trying to be man from Atlantis. <laughs> trying to be man from Atlantis, oh, yeah. No. I'm trying to think who else rocked my world when I was... But they were very much the... Yes. They were, they were my pubescent Starsky fantasy. Starsky and Hutch? Yes. Starsky and Hutch. Not the blonde one. Don't give up on his David baby. David Soul. So now yeah. I, see, I was David Soul. Him. Were you? Yeah. No, I was the dark you one. You were Hutch. Yes. Who since has done... It was funny. Um, a student of mine did... Um, was in... Uh, I was... Not Cat on a Hot Tin Roof. Fiddler on the Roof. Fiddler on the Roof. And he played... Oh, Tevier. Tevier. Yeah. Oh, yes. Yes, right. Yeah, I didn't um, see it. But... So I was like, what's he like? Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah really nice. Um, wow. So there was him. Um, yeah, lots of... I think there was a... Happy Days had a few for me as well. There were a few, not the Fonz, but pretty can, much... Can you remember um, Sue Ellen... On Dallas, oh God, yes. had a boyfriend. On the man on the side, was it Dusty? Oh, yeah, I think he sounds familiar. Dusty. I'm not sure familiar. whether it was him, but there was a there was somebody on Dallas, and then in the Colbys, Stephen Carrington, the the one who's married to Fallon. Oh, oh, he was kind no, of a big yeah. guy. He was kind of. Give him a few extra burgers, he'd be too big. <laughs> but he he was like, oh, he was he did it for me. Yeah, okay. Yeah, no, I know who you mean. Yeah. Stephen Carrington, that yeah. was another one for me. Who was Dynasty. Yeah, so oh, they were all... Yeah, 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 yeah. So they were all, you know, they were all grown-ups. I was yeah. never, I was never the kind of Twinkie Boy band. Yeah. Type. I wasn't really interested in that. So that was yeah. there. And then this guy that I met was yeah he was 37 so he was he was very masculine although yeah. in a lot of ways very also very uh, he was Oxbridge educated and mm-hmm. very posh mm-hmm. and I mean I hadn't had that experience mm-hmm. very kind of well read and and uh, and articulate and mm. <laughs> lots of things that I wasn't used to <laughs> um, chicken tikka masala yeah <laughs> Yes, she spoiled for me. So I had a, so I had a girlfriend, uh, mm, yeah. and of course that all kind of fizzled into I don't know who I am, and I've done this awful thing to this person, mm-hmm. and um, I don't want to stay in Doncaster. I want to leave. I want to go out into the world. I want to explore. So when we broke up, when I broke up with her, mm. um, I started to have little. Oh, fumbly, awkward, mm-hmm. weird adventures. <laughs> Once with a girl and a boy, but I mean, it was it was so it was so awkward and weird. <laughs> I think I think young people go through those weird things, don't they? They don't. It's more like yeah, that's what's happening. It feels kind of strange, and let's do it anyway. Let's do it because it's yeah. weird, young, and free. Yeah, and then so there was this. There was this couple. I suppose it was the fact that they were gay and and available. Mm-hmm. They lived together, which I thought was extraordinary. They weren't that old. They were in their 
early 20s mm-hmm. and I had a bit of a dalliance with one of them mm. and then he took me to his house introduced me to his boyfriend and then he stayed in the spare room while my boyfriend had a go his boyfriend had a go <laughs> <laughs> oh, <God. laughs> which all seemed which all seemed kind so of fine fine well, yeah, but then well, they got jealous and I got kicked out and it was very strange but I can't even remember it their names. Weird. Well, exactly, but it yeah. wasn't weird at that moment. Why was it? It wasn't because it was yeah. totally the thing you you did it. It was natural. Yeah. And exploring everything, like it's I had back. I, I, with them, I've got drunker than I've ever been in my life. Right, like scarily, everything uh, flipping just, around and oh, you know, spinny. yes. And I've never had vodka since. I've never had right. vodka since. So it was really big. But so what the, What I'm saying is that there were lots of new things Yeah, yeah, yeah. at that time. So did you, did you either in London or in Doncaster or Sheffield, did you, or Nottingham, did you, did you go and do, did you go to the gay scene? Did you do any, did you discover any of that at this point? The first time, oh right. Or when so was the first time? I'm just remembering a lot of these things. All comes flooding back. Yeah, it does. There was... And I've Googled him since, and I can't remember his name. I wouldn't mention him. Anyway. Yeah. Um, but when I was in this show in uh, Sheffield, mm. there was a rather lovely dancer. There was a, a group of dancers, and two of them were a couple. Mm-hmm. And there was a very beautiful kind of big mixed race guy, and then a kind of slender, even more beautiful, but in a kind of more feminine pretty I can imagine him looking really stunning in drag mm-hmm, kind of mm-hmm. boy and they kind of took me under their wing a bit and took me out and they knew I was a new person yeah and I think they were trying to look after me they didn't try to seduce me sure. although I'm sure I was trying to seduce to get them involved yeah <laughs> um but what made me think about them they took me out to a club in Sheffield mm-hmm. And I remember very, very little about it. Um, you don't remember what it was called? Just in I case. don't remember no, anything no. about... I, I remember flashing coloured disco lights and people who... Men who looked like miners. <laughs> right, right. And maybe that is the first time I saw a woman, a, a, a man dressed as a woman, but like okay. kind of a, a masculine, hairy man dressed badly as right, a woman. Right, right, right. So it was that kind of... It was completely new to the idea of being in a place where people were safe enough to express themselves. Being open, yeah. Um, and I'm not sure my first experience was, wow, this is amazing. This is a place where people can express themselves. I think that now, what I thought then was probably... I don't know if I like it. I feel a bit scared. Uh-huh. Yeah, 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 yeah. Oh, yeah. Um, so, I'd had, yeah, a bit of a, a bit of an introduction from them. Um, so then, yeah, going back to, going back to to kind of timeline it a bit, timeline it a bit. Mm. You, so you, you were you, kind of you left sixth form. Um, what was the next step? Where did you move to next? In life? I moved to Greenwich. So that was to live with the actor. So you did move. Ah, yes. okay, right. There you go. And I'd also, I mean, between meeting him and moving to London, I was also in another show at the Crucible. 
Uh, oh, which okay. was William Tell, mm-hmm. directed by Claire Venables, who was the um, who was the artistic director mm-hmm. at that time. She's died since, right? And um, she lived in a big house in Sheffield, where this actor would stay. So she had a room that he would stay in. Dig. Mm-hmm. So not only was I going to the play, but I was going back to the artistic director's house, who had a big right. house, and. She sort of took me under her wing. She said, she didn't say that that, that she would give me an equity card. She said she would help me, she would help coach me for audition for drama school and stuff. And she did that a bit. I didn't get into drama school. Uh, I did, I was offered a place at drama school, but I didn't go to drama school. Mm -hmm. That's a different story. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, And uh, that was all very exciting. Um... And that had happened uh, for the kind of year that I knew him before moving here. Okay. So it was a big build-up. And then I've still, I'm still going to college every day. Mm-hmm. And there's a guy in the year below me uh, who I also know now, although I've defriended him from Facebook. Oh, oh dear. I went through a bit of a cull post-Brexit, I have to say. Ah, right. Well, there you go, for good reason, yeah. I'm sure. Yeah. Um, uh-huh. And... Um, uh, he was somebody that I then took out for a walk in the woods near the college and said, are you gay? Because mm. I am. <laughs> right. I picked up that technique. <laughs> and that knocked him for six because nobody had asked him before. Right, right. And he felt very exposed by it. Um, and not only was he gay, but he was quite practiced in going to public bathrooms okay so he had a very different my beginning beginning was very sheltered and his was in that scene mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and at one point we arranged to go to one of those places mm-hmm. together mm-hmm. And it freaked me out I didn't like it I absolutely I found yeah. it I found it kind of repugnant and the seediness was not something that turned me on. I can mm-hmm. see why it would for some people. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm not judging it, but I yeah. I, I didn't like that. Didn't so I, it didn't work for me. Um, and so that became difficult between us, I think. And But um, I was, you know, I was experimenting still at that time. Yeah. Um, so anyway, as soon as I finished college, I was 18, I moved into Greenwich in the house of this man, thinking that I was kind of married. This was the mm-hmm. real naive bit. And almost straight away, as soon as I'd moved, he then got a directing job, I think. He used to assist... Um, be assistant directors in opera mm-hmm. and there was a big um, there was a big uh, it was the beginning of arena type operas and they'd mm-hmm. done one Carmen and it was at Earl's Court right with Maria Ewing right who right, I had right, heard right. of mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and uh, he then took that as the assistant director and took it to Tokyo so he was off for 
two months or something. Okay. So I was in this house in London for two months. My own. Which was, sounds like party. Well, yeah, yeah. Well, actually, I was in London on my own and didn't know anybody. Yeah. And I got a job and I started working as a, an office junior in Mayfair, in an office in Mayfair. Right. Um, and uh, it was for £7,000 a year. Right. If you can imagine. <laughs> and um, it was photocopying and making coffee and stuff like that. Miserable. Yeah, yeah. I mean, the people in the office were quite, but it was a job. I'd never had a yeah. job before. So I was there. Um, and on my own a lot in this house. So I remember very distinctly <laughs> being very nervous and very shy. I had gone to into town almost every day and walked past the gay pubs. In Compton Street. In Compton Street. Yeah. And I don't know if you remember, there was one, it's a hotel now, there was one on the corner of, you know where the Coliseum is? Yeah. St. Martin's Lane. Oh, um, brief encounter. Brief encounter. Yes, I. I so I was. I wasn't very well schooled in gay pubs and their locations, but I knew that one was there, yeah. and I don't think I ever went in on my own. But I would make a point of walking past it in mm-hmm. case somebody might somebody, notice me. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I wanted to be noticed, and I also used to walk up and down Compton Street to be noticed, mm-hmm. but not going to the pub. So that seemed to be important. Okay. What I realise now then though, is that when I was noticed, I would look directly at the pavement. I like a couldn't... Oh, so once it had happened... Yes. You'd had the rush. I'd had the rush. Oh, but I can't go any I, further. I didn't want to go any further. Okay. I would look straight at her. Uh, no confidence at all. Although, kind of fairly brazen, I suppose. I don't know. But, uh, no, it wasn't brazen. The brazen would be going into the pub and buy me a drink. <laughs> well, yeah. Um... <laughs> But no, like I didn't do that. Anyway, so I got kind of kind of wound up by the... How do I do this thing? Mm. I didn't have any way into it. So I went... I was... I can remember uh, buying a bottle of wine. Just felt very grown up. Mm. And taking it home after work on a Friday evening. And I was going to be in the house all weekend. And I had said bottle of wine. And I thought, I'm going to go out. So I went to a pub in, it's now the Christopher's Inn in next to the station. Greenwich Station. Yeah. And that pub, I was sat in there and I had three beers after mm-hmm. a bottle of wine. Mm-hmm. Right. And I, I just, I've got to get out. I've got to do something. Mm-hmm. I've got to socialise. I've got to meet people. Mm-hmm. I didn't meet anybody because I'm just sitting in the corner drinking beer mm-hmm. in a kind of obscure pub. So then I walk, I go for a walk. And I go for a walk up over Blackheath. The park's closed. So I'm walking past, and I didn't know this, completely innocent. I'm walking over Blackheath past what used to be a gentleman's lavatory, (laughs) which looked a little bit like a thatched cottage. (laughs) Um, And it just seemed suddenly quite busy around there. I didn't go into that. I walked past it, but there were a few cars around and a few people around. Yeah. And that seemed weird. So again, looked at the pavement, moved on. <laughs> and I was for a, a, some way down that uh, road where the, the park wall is. Yes, yeah, yeah, yeah. And a car stopped. And it was a rather uh, exotic, beautiful-looking Indian boy. Uh-huh. And 
uh, an older guy in a car and they said where are you going and I said oh I don't know <laughs> I said because you've had look- a few beers I said I'm just looking for a party or something <laughs> and they said get in the car oh, then which is stupid but actually it's fine this is not advisable no, to any people please don't do this anymore please don't do this this is 28 years yeah, ago yeah it was different well yes yeah. uh huh Anyway, there wasn't a party, but I went back to the flat of uh, in Greenwich again mm. of this very beautiful Indian boy, and we ju- his flat was extraordinary to me. He was a kind of frustrated artist. It was clear his walls were orange. Mm-hmm. I'd never seen walls like that, and mm-hmm. and he'd painted a mural on his chimney breast Mm -hmm. and his his furniture was eclectic and Mm -hmm. he'd got photographs that he'd taken himself black and white and stuff like that and he would really I found him really fascinating Mm. and he ended up being my first boyfriend really Mm. oh right okay so um, in the actor's house Try not to yes. say his name. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> in the actor's house, uh, he came back, and I'm not sure the timeline of when I met other person. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. George. His name's George. Um, uh, but he'd asked me to. I mean, this is this is how naive I was. He asked me to pay rent, which is completely reasonable, if not you know necessary but especially working and you know. yes but I got the wrong end of the stick to me that was a complete betrayal so I come to live with you in London and uh, I thought we oh, were we a couple and, you, yes you were married yes yeah and how traditional stupid, how yeah. silly well, how no, silly of me yeah, why should it was you know? so as soon as the idea that oh we're not boyfriends and I'm a lodger and I'd started to move my stuff into the spare room because we was it, it was going that way, mm-hmm. and it, so we didn't fall out. But it was it wasn't going to be the thing, and uh, I'd met somebody interesting, so I just moved out. Mm-hmm. I think I might even done. I think I might have even done a split. Right. I think I might. I think I did. A midnight run. I think I did the cowardly thing, and I think I packed up and left. Mm-hmm. And I moved in with George. And that this was a bit of a mistake. In hindsight, if you know, when you... I, I map, I can map my time more or less accurately from over 28 years moving here. But there were four years mm-hmm. that were a bit of a waste of time. Right. It wasn't a very nice group of people. Right. And... I was also in the sh- in the bit of a shadow of somebody who was very controlling or he was very sure of himself in a way that I wasn't. Right. I would be absolutely petrified to walk out of the house in drag. He was proud of it. Mm-hmm. He could get away with looking like a woman. It was very right. convincing. He wasn't very drag like actually in that sense. He mm-hmm. wasn't kind of self-consciously it was female impersonation yeah. 
yeah. very feminine very beautiful actually look quite you know like a model because mm-hmm. he's tall and thin mm-hmm. and kind of skinny legs on a man which aren't very kind of masculine or attractive suddenly turn into the sure. most amazing yeah. female Big legs and, yeah yeah and so he was there and I did not find that attractive at all mm-hmm. I, I didn't find I, um, it was a bit of a turn off mm-hmm. I don't think I was ever really turned on by him I was more turned on by the idea of who he was and what, what he represented yeah. I ended up being his boyfriend but I, it wasn't, he wasn't a 30 year old masculine man sure. he wasn't Buck Rogers so yeah. I'd kind of gone down a strange path and then I found myself being a bit like Feeling a bit like the frumpy bridesmaid. <laughs> right. In the background. <laughs> With these people. Yeah. Right, right, right. And part of what the play is about is... Which is your first play. First play. Yeah. It's called Vicious. And uh, part of what the play was about was about a kind of ambition with no... Dri- drive with no direction. Maybe that's the way... Like an Instagram celebrity. Yes. Well, yes. Which is now. Absolutely. Yeah. But he would... George would um, do... He would always talk about being a pop star. Right. He couldn't sing. Right. That didn't seem to matter. I don't know. That was a kind of leftover from the 80s, I suppose. Mm -hmm. In that there were a lot of people who were quite famous and didn't really sing. Mm Mm-hmm. He, he wasn't musical well, yeah. he wasn't musical so he couldn't write anything so he was completely dependent so he would go and have recordings of things and somebody would write him a song and he would not sing it very well so mm-hmm. it would sound awful but so he had this ambition of being he did try and do things mm-hmm. but it just didn't seem realistic to me mm-hmm. it was all about his personality whereas I had got a very clear I'd, I'd had this offer of a place at drama school I couldn't go mm. because I didn't get the funding for yeah, it yeah yeah um, and I so I was feeling kind of I was still reeling from that mm-hmm. being I was excited about being in London um, and having this new very different life mm. but I'd kind of lost my way I I wasn't acting anymore I wasn't doing the thing that I previously had loved and, yeah. and had spent up until that point being really driven to do. I mean, that's one thing that I haven't said. I've been ambitious since I was eight. Well, making the guitar and that's... <laughs> yeah, I've just been really... It's And it's quite exhausting. I'm not sure it's... The, the energy's gone away now, but I'm still quite... I'm still fairly ambitious. Yeah. Um, but that has been a bit of a burden. But then, because I wasn't pursuing it, I didn't know who I was. Mm-hmm. So I really didn't know who I was in that environment. Mm-hmm. And it wasn't doing it for me. It wasn't doing it for me at all. So, yeah, it's all a bit of did a he, kind of blur. Did he perform with you? The first time I yes. ever was aware yes. of you. Yes. He did, didn't he? Yeah, I'd forgotten that. Uh, so this is where we lost theatre, comes yeah. into the fray. This is how we know each other initially. Mm-hmm. And you were doing... What was the first thing you were doing with him? Was he playing woman? He was playing Dionysus. There we go. And oh, it's all making yeah. sense. Yes, 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 yes. So yes. my first introduction to Lost Theatre was through the One Act Festival, which I believe they still I think do. It still happens, yeah. And we, I say we. I mean, it was initiated actually by 
me and a fr- another friend from Doncaster, mm-hmm. who'd moved to London. I think she was living in London, or back and forth. And we'd heard about this play and this festival, and so we said, we need to do something, let's do a play. And I pulled him in. I suppose mm. I was trying to give his creativity and stuff some kind of direction. Like, instead of talking about what your world tour will be like mm. when you are as famous as Madonna, and that was the that was the that conversation. Was the uh-huh. That was always the conversation. Mm-hmm. I got really bored of that. So I thought, well, let's do something. Why don't we do something? Mm. So kind of pulled him in. And we did a short version of the Bacchae, which I'd done at my sixth form college, I think. And there were three of us, and we were all playing different parts, mm-hmm. and um, and we won it. That's right. I have I have lost I have since lost the lost trophy, which was oh, no. which was carved out of wood by Cecil Hater, I think. I think he made them uh, himself. I'm sure it had the sure. it had the logo carved out of wood. Um, so it's. Um, wow. If it exists, it's probably in a landfill You'll somewhere. Find uh, if you find the lost award, please. <laughs> yes, if anyone's yes. passing a landfill and they see a little statuette, <laughs> yes. dive in, pick it out, yes, see what it is. That was the, the, first, wow. the first accolade. Yes, and then, uh, yeah, so I, that because was Because I remember people to... talking about you as this kind of weird alternative influence on the theatre and I was like oh thank god something exciting different it's funny how young people kind of well A what they get excited about and B how they describe other people yeah yeah yeah, yeah. No, and then I was like I can't wait to meet the mis- these mysterious creatures <laughs> yeah yeah well we didn't I mean because it was the because it was the festival and we just came in from outside mm. and did the tech and did the thing we didn't know anybody yeah so we kind of took the award and went off mm. and then um, the first thing I did then is I auditioned for the student group. Yeah, 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 yes, I remember. And the student group was the subgroup. The sub. <laughs> it was you weren't allowed to be in a play at. <laughs> you weren't allowed to be in a play at Lost Theatre until you'd done gone through the student group. I don't know whether how strict that was. But we basically it was you could be in a play, but it was called the student group. You weren't you weren't yes. proper yet. Yes, you weren't I properly cooked. And actually, there were a lot of people who weren't that talented in that group. Yeah. But I did Arsenic and Old Lace with oh. Cecil Hater. Oh, there we go. And uh, Justin Shevlin. Justin Shevlin. Uh, stepped in if you are listening hello Justin hi Justin hope you're alright he's a family man now he's got yeah. babies and things. Yeah. Um, he stepped in and I think he was very much in everything then oh yes at the Lost yeah, Theatre yeah. Yeah, yeah. he was the star of the Lost Theatre and he stepped in to play one of the parts and and then I think he did his first directing of Habeas Corpus and he'd he'd worked with me in that and he wanted to bring me on board. And I think that's how we met. I think didn't Much Ado About Nothing come first? No. Did it not? No, it didn't. Really? No. I, in my head, 
it's that way around. No, and I know why, <laughs> because it was the summer of 93. Oh my God. <gasps> I don't think I have underpants that old, but I'd, <laughs> I'd yeah, certainly no. have... No, I don't think I... No, there are things, there, there is a... <laughs> I can remember buying in Edinburgh... Simon, who I haven't talked to, is my life. Yes, partner. who we must come to. So he, he comes. He comes quite soon in yeah. the story. But I remember buying him a tartan blanket, picnic blanket, yeah. in Edinburgh in 1993, and my dog sits on that in the car. Now. It's still yes, wow, yeah. So it's still around. Anyway, the age of things. It's 28 years. No, 23, four, 24 years old. Anyway, um, yeah. 24, 25 years 25. ago. 25. Gosh. Anyway, a long time ago. Gosh. So, uh, <laughs> but I know because I went to university straight afterwards. And, sure. Uh, okay, so that's how you can mark it. Yes, and Claire, our friend Claire, yes. went to RADA that year as yes. well. Yes. Ah, there we go. So, yes, so we would, so Habeas Corpus, which yeah. is an Alan Bennett comedy for people who don't, aren't uh, devoted Play fans, theatre fans, play fans. A play fan? What's a play fan? Anyway. <laughs> you can be a play fan. A play fan. A fan of plays. A fan of plays. Um, so, yes, okay, so that, which was just kind of a, just a good comedy. Mm. But then we went to Edinburgh, where you got your tartan blanket. <laughs> um, and uh, that's how this, that's when we got to know each other yes. properly. Yes. And started hanging out. Yes. And in the meantime, we also set up the company Scrubbers. The world <laughs> now have we now have two Scrubbers in one room. Yes, <laughs> it's not the first time that's been said. Yes, um, I am a, a very experienced was, Scrubber. It was so. This is when I realised that you were incredibly uh, driven. Yes, <laughs> because I kind of I think we joked about it. And then mm. it was happening. And then we had a cleaning company. And then we were going around Ells Court and putting notes and bars and we were. And it was all it was all real. We and in, in 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 Boys magazine we put a note Was it Boys or was it the pink paper? Maybe it was pink paper. I think it was something in the back of the pink paper. Maybe it was pink paper. And the highlighted bit was scrubbers. <laughs> yes. And it got us it got us business. Um <laughs> see, even that, I don't know how I don't know how... <laughs> I, how the hell we came to be No, doing. it's like, I still think that was fairly innocent, actually. It might have been a good idea, because, like, the thing I is, like... I think we saw it in a more Victoria Wood kind yes. of way, rather than we are oh. going to come and be slangers in your house. <laughs> we're going to wear know, something skimpy. We're going to be skimpy cleaners. <laughs> we were just thinking we were being a little bit camp and yeah. a little nod to that kind of comedy. No. Yes. People were reading it other ways. But there were other entrepreneurial things that we were doing, Matt, which were... Um, yes. At the Lost Theatre, we used to rehearse in a summer house. Yes. And it was at the back of a youth club on Fulham Road? No. Uh, Parsons Brom Green. Parsons Green. It was the nearest tube station. Yes. Yeah, so Brompton. Oh, Brompton Road? No, so, no yeah. around that area. Yeah. Anyway. Fulham Meanway. And we used to... Rehearse in quite a big, oh yeah, a quite a big uh, glass summer house. Yeah, summer house. And it was all windows and had kind of got kids murals on the walls and stuff mm. like that, and a kind of slightly warped floor. Yes. And free. It used to be freezing. It was yes. freezing. 
And there are several things that we did there. (laughs) (laughs) Well, one of them is, and I think I probably, I, I was probably the one who dreamt this, but I, we were going to turn it into the lost studio, studio theater. And this would involve painting it black. I think we had one tin of black paint. <laughs> and yeah. somehow finding curtains or blocking the windows out or something like that. Yeah. We did we didn't have any technical knowledge of how we would light the thing no. or whatever. No. But I do remember Cecil Hater who who is a legend. Yeah, we have to definitely say thank you to him for uh, for lots of experience it's a very it's a very special and important person have you read his book I've skipped through it yeah I've got a bit in his book you have yeah, yeah, you? yeah yes yeah. I've read that bit yeah <laughs> <laughs> really bad. go back and just have a look um, at him, but yeah um, and uh, yeah so I have skipped through it it's very interesting but he I remember he told us about these nights that they used to do where they were where they would have candles in tin cans and uh, put old carpets around and make these fantastic places where they tell stories all night and stuff and it sounded so fantastic that why can't we do that he was really nurturing with that he was very nurturing but we had no money we had absolutely no money to do it so it was it was quite naive but I do remember um, I've got quite a vivid memory a flashback of being up a ladder or you up a ladder and we're both painting something mm. black and at the time we're playing Blur Boys and Girls do you know what I funnily enough I have a memory of I was painting down below and you were painting above on a ladder painting yeah. a, a window yeah. obviously <laughs> um, and you brought in Michael Jackson albums and exactly. you were playing Michael Jackson and you knew all the words and I, I remember going it's not Prince though is it and you were like yeah but it's Michael this is just as good and I'm like I know Michael Jackson and that's having this whole debate between yeah. Prince and Michael Jackson yeah yeah. there's still a bit of a rivalry yeah there. I mean Prince was better but I didn't know but, that. no but no 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 but yes no so I do painting. know that now I absolutely know yeah, that I mean, um, but yes but the painting yeah yes and can you remember our Abigail's party? I was party? about to say yes. And Abigail's think, party party. Yes, and I yes. think we were trying to fundraise to get more paint. And didn't we have about twelve people? Turn it was about twelve, but in a big space that equaled nothing. And when one person <laughs> yes. turns up at seven, somebody else turns up at nine, and the person who turned up at seven is gone. Then twelve <laughs> people don't. And I don't even know. Did we make courage? pilchards and things I think we that was the idea definitely had cheesy pineapple ones yeah and I think we might have done because I, I don't know like if they... we had much to offer them actually <laughs> the idea <laughs> was just... just come and give us money and we all dress <laughs> up and we do a few themes from the from the do we have a bar I don't think we, we had didn't, a bar we didn't did we I don't we think just we had, had a bar. pilchards yeah just ridiculous but you know we yeah, were trying no, no, we were trying we were, we were trying. going for it and it was just that idea of like, yeah, let's move forward, let's make something radical, let's do. Yeah. But it was again. It felt exciting. Yeah, that it was again good. that kind of drive with no direction, but at least doing something. At least doing it, yeah. Because yeah. I think we were very. I look back on that as rather kind of important and glorious that lost theatre mm. stuff. But it was another world. It was another universe in that you 
I can remember as being kind of pulled into it, yeah. and it was all consuming all at consuming. one point. And then they put this like at any family. There's the kind of politics and oh, fallouts yeah, yeah, and yeah. Um, so and so's treated so and so awfully. So I'm not their friend and yeah. so there was still all that kind of young people stuff going on yeah but it was unique because I don't know if anything they it doesn't I mean it, there's a new theatre but it doesn't run the same way yeah and it was really I don't think there's, there's like anything a, in like yeah. anything like it for, I think they have a paid uh, artistic director now and, and yeah, staff it's but, just very different but yeah it wasn't there's not in our day it was going in and pitching and clean I remember cleaning washing floors in the theatre that's another thing you and I did you and I you and I decided oh yeah that we were going to make this place ship shape it needs sorting out we were really into cleaning well yeah but it was like I, I couldn't because you'd walk in there and I do remember I think I might have written this in Cecil's book but mm. I do remember walking over the picture of Ralph Fiennes on the floor uh huh so it was in a frame on the floor mm-hmm. so yeah. it, that was usual then the kind of piles of papers rotting carpet uh, yeah. bags of spin bags full of stuff of clothes that are just damp. end of corridor kind of planks and bolts yeah and, wood everywhere yeah stuff everywhere and I think we had a rather na- naive idea that it we, it could be great this place mm-hmm. but what it needs is somebody to come in and do it all and, and I, turn it into Chelsea football ground <laughs> which it is <laughs> yeah absolutely so yes it was lots of um, sneezing while oh, yeah, filling yeah. bin bags full up with stuff and putting them in a storage place next to this yeah. youth club and yeah, and I think we probably got a bit fed up with that. Or but it was moved quite, on to it was something quite, else. It was quite a nurturing time for a lot of people. Like, yeah. I mean, we were saying earlier, weren't we, that we had Sharon Horgan working with us around the same time. Dennis yeah. Kelly yeah. was there. and Lovday Ingram. Lovday Ingram. Um, obviously, Mr. Shevlin, we mentioned. Yeah. There was a few of it. There was a lot of people kind of... It was, it was good, healthy... Yeah kind of starting around some people who'd been into drama school some people were going into drama school yeah it was quite a mix yeah well that was you and I wasn't it you, yeah you had done drama school done it. and I was not going to do drama school I went to university yeah um, so yeah we should we should because we've got yeah. uh, we, we need to get through everything so you <laughs> went to I mean but anyway this is so scrubbers and we did that and then until it kind of just ran its natural course and mm. you disappeared to go to university I did disappear to go to university and immersed myself in that different life and I um, so when I was 17 stroke 18 I got offered a place at Central School of Speech and Drama and I had been on the waiting list and I got called up it was either at the end of August or the beginning of September. Mm-hmm. It was literally weeks before the before term was about to yeah. start. And in those days, you got a grant from your local, local authority. authority. Yeah. And mine was still Doncaster. And they had given... There was only one a year. And they'd given it to somebody who'd gone to another drama school. One a year? Crazy. Yeah. 
So I didn't see, it was probably, there was probably a way that I could have done it, but I didn't have anybody to help mm -hmm, me. Mm -hmm. And uh, I thought it was the end of the world that I'd been offered a place at Central School and I couldn't go. Yeah. So um, I'd kind of written it off and I'd grieved it a bit. And mm -hmm. then, and also I didn't feel, I didn't know that I was academic. I didn't feel like academic. I, I'm not... I wasn't a big reader. Mm -hmm. I wasn't somebody who naturally wanted to research stuff. Mm -hmm. um, but I thought, well, why not do a degree? Why not? You're not doing anything else. Mm -hmm. You're not doing anything else. And I'd met my partner. So, yes. Yeah. yeah. And he was very nurturing, encouraging. Where did you meet, by the way? That's, that's the other thing. Right. So... Kind of slightly... I met my partner in 1991 mm -hmm. and um, I was at the White Swan <laughs> with a friend. White Swan is a big, still existing gay bar in, uh, what's the L station? Limehouse? Limehouse, yes. And, uh, yes, and I, I had been there with... I can remember exactly what I was wearing. Gosh. <laughs> I'd been there with a friend who was also... A, a, had been a friend of George's and uh, was a bit of a drag queen and very much on the scene. Mm. And he kind of took me on, took me to the club and stuff. And I was still kind of shy and whatever. Mm. Anyway, uh, we were at the White Swan. I don't remember much about it, but I just remember seeing a vision at the other side of the room. <laughs> a very handsome tall man mm -hmm. I was 20 he was 34 mm -hmm. he was just not 37 he wasn't 37 <laughs> not magic. I'm growing younger <laughs> now um, and he was just adorable so he looked at me and I looked at the floor mm -hmm. <laughs> and then um, he left and we left it must have been the end of the night and we were in the car there's no way that this guy should have been driving by the way but anyway he'd got a car from so I don't even think he had a license how awful is that oh my God. <laughs> how awful is that I got wow. in the car with this guy anyway so um, we were in the car and stopped at the lights and next to us the next car along mm. was this guy in the car and he had a Toyota MR2 which was one of those two seater kind of sports cars mm -hmm. which is a bit kind of naff now but it like that was yeah that was a bit swishy yeah anyway so he overtook us and uh, overtook us and we were going in the same direction to stress this because he's always said that we followed him <laughs> Well, we were going through the Blackwell Tunnel to get back to Kidbrook, actually. Okay. <coughs> and at the time, he lived in Deptford, so we were coming the same way. Yeah. And he... You remember the uh, gentleman's toilet that I told you about in oh, Black Blackheath? Blackheath, yeah. He stopped there. And my friend stopped there. And I said, please... Because by that time, I knew what that little uh -huh. establishment was. Uh-huh. 
And I said, uh, please. A tea room. Yes. I said, please, there's no way. What, what have you stopped here mm-hmm. for? Anyway. And so we drove on mm-hmm. and he followed us. This wonderful mm-hmm. man. Mm-hmm. And then it was a, a, a totally negotiated by Ian, this friend. Mm-hmm. I, there was no, he went to the car to this guy's car while I went into his flat brushed my teeth (laughs) and he basically said um, he said uh, if you don't bring him back he'll turn into a pumpkin or something like that something enough like that and I got I'm going to call the police and I got in the car with him and he took me home right so you know when people have those stories of you know, romance and stuff. It wasn't really that romantic. It was quite kind of strange. Anyway, he was rather lovely and uh, played the piano and and he was just gorgeous, absolutely gorgeous. I was mm-hmm. I fancied him so much. We started to just see more of each other and it kind of flowed and I can remember one drunken night he wasn't drunk he never drinks I was drunk Uh, going to an obscure party in Catford on New Year's Eve Mm -hmm. and he told me that he loved me and it was extraordinary and he really did and you know I I knew he did because he's loving Mm -hmm. do you know what I mean and I I kind of knew that I was the centre of his universe without him having said it so um so he's the one who convinced me to go to uni, I suppose. Right, yeah, sure. Because he could see that I was bright and I'd been working in Tyrac and I'd worked in Our Price Records. So I, I wasn't, I didn't have a career. I wasn't hmm. pursuing anything. And some dollars, but yeah. Yeah. So around that time, so I'd met, I'd already met him when I was at Lost. Yeah, no, because I was going to say when I knew that, that was, yeah. that was all kind of full flow yeah but he's not a young 20 something and I was I've always kept my well we've had we've had our own circle of friends yeah because no, I remember even then you'd yeah. kind of be like well he's uh, he's quite, I've, I've got grace to go and yeah. go to Edinburgh or yeah. whatever you yeah. you know it wasn't stopping you doing yeah. that stuff. he's never done that actually and we've we've always been quite kind of I mean, he wouldn't have the power to, but I mean, yeah, not yeah, it, yeah. like he's never, he's always been cool with everything. Yeah. And he's great. It's great. And it's, I mean, it's, it's longer than most marriages. Mm-hmm. I've had m- more friends during the time that I've been with him, marry and divorce. Sure. Than I could, sure. than I could count really. Um, because I'm just being aware of time. Yeah. Because I want to get through everything. I know I've been that it's, No, 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 it's good. It's wonderful. Um, so, which kind of... To, it's jumping ahead a little bit. Okay. But for him to accept you... So you finish university. Yeah. And uh, Lecoq. You yes. moving to Paris, Paris. For how many... Two, how two, two years. years. Yes. So how was that? I mean, first of all, just briefly tell us that experience because that's an amazing place 
to go and study and to just I mean to, to live as well. But my faux Polish sister Karola yeah. Gaida went there after university. Right. And uh, on one of the summers, she was back. She took me to another building that has been since knocked down and maybe rebuilt. Mm. But um, Hammersmith. It's in Hammersmith, the studios, Riverside Studios. Riverside Studios. Is it? As a, as a theatre? It was a theatre then? still... Okay. I think maybe it's just cinema. Maybe it's just right. a cinema now. But yeah, the, but I know but there was made. a big theatre there and she took me to see uh, Theatre de Complicité mm-hmm. uh, and it was The Visit and it was with oh. Catherine Hunter and it was the most extraordinary thing that I've so seen. So was that, I was going to say, is that, that your theatre moment that kind of... Yes. Stuck with you. Yes, it yeah. was absolutely... I hadn't seen anything like it before. Uh-huh. Um, and even when I'd done this foundation course and uh, we were doing devising and stuff like that, yeah. I don't know if I had that reference. That's what theatre can be like. Sure. <clears throat> and it was very uh, simple in a lot of ways that, you know, p- people were being animals and people were being... It just wasn't two people sitting on a sofa feeling things. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I was so excited by it. And so they all came out of that Lecoq tradition. Yeah. If they didn't train there, they trained with the teachers who had worked there, etc. Yeah, anyway, so it was Simon McBurney, and it was, you know, nearly 30 years ago. But it was this, this moment what, which had just put me on the track of mm-hmm. knowing that not only did I want to act, it has kind of shifted into I want to make theatre, I want to do that kind of thing. Yeah, yeah. But that had happened a long uh, time before I went sure so I wrote to them and applied to go there and they offered me a place when I was 20 mm-hmm. uh, 21 22 mm-hmm. and um, and it was so daunting the idea of well finding the money to pay for it because it's private I mean you can't get a grant yeah. for it yeah uh, I wrote hundreds of letters to charities and stuff like that, that was a whole thing mm-hmm. Um, and learning French, uh, yeah. you know, so that was a scary, scary thing. And when it came to it, it was scary, but um, not impossible. Um, but I got into university and so I put it off. I wrote back to them and I said, I would love to come at some stage. Mm-hmm. And so it had always been in my mind that I would go after it's university. And um, so I'd kind of put that out. If I hadn't have had the support of Simon, I wouldn't have been able to go. Sure. So he saw me through school. So, but how? So, uh, how many years into your relationship is this now? When you left to go there? Uh, I met him in. I went to Lecoq in nineteen ninety seven. So it's about six years. Old. Okay, so you'd had time to kind of establish yeah. yourself. Yeah. And, and yeah. So he was he was happy to support you to do. He was happy to support me. I mean, it was very. It was he. I, I, he the first time I saw him cry was him taking me to the Eurostar, dropping me off mm. to go to mm-hmm. Paris. Um, and by that time, in my final year of university, we'd made a point of not living together, mm-hmm. and I lived with him in my final year because. I was only in college. We only had lectures two days a week, and sure. I was working at the opera house, and it it's it's made made sense. Yeah, it wasn't a kind of romantic. Please come and live with mm-hmm. me. It was just a circumstance thing. Mm-hmm. But by that time, we were living together, mm-hmm. so that was going to change for him. 
Um, but I came home. He would either come to Paris on the Eurostar or I would come home every five weeks or so. Okay. So, so yeah, three. and I came home for Christmas, Easter, and then I had the whole summer. Sure. So, so it wasn't it wasn't two years solid. It was yeah. term times and stuff yeah. like that. We didn't have <coughs> we didn't have Skype and we didn't spend a lot of time on the phone. Mm-hmm. And we must have we must have phoned. We must have spoken sure. on the phone. Uh, but it didn't it didn't feel like a, a massive separation. Yeah. And the other thing, it was also consuming mm-hmm. that uh, it was easy for me to cope with because I was completely well, focused would, on something yeah, else. Yeah, your brain is elsewhere. Absolutely. How would you, because again, because we're a time, but how would you surmise your, it's a huge thing and I wish we'd had loads <laughs> more time, how would you surmise your experience there? Um, and you mean it? Extraordinary and life-changing it yeah. really did change my life. Yeah. I mean, I wouldn't have the career that I have now yeah. if I hadn't gone there. So it did change my life in that very real sense. Pants on Fire wouldn't no. exist if it, it wasn't. It wouldn't, and I wouldn't be a teacher. Pants on Fire, yeah. by the way, is a piece of theatre company. A website? www.pantsonfiretheatre.com. Theatre spent in the British way. Uh, way. Yes, yes, yes. Well, no, yeah. And your website, while we think about it, is peterbramley.com. Easy. Yes. Um, so God, and see, this is I. This is I do apologise, and we may we might have to get you back to talk about this. It's <laughs> kind of like there's so much at this end, and now here's your life and your career. We've just got through to the point where you've got a career, and anyway, and then you've got a job and everything's fine. Yeah. <laughs> really, this is just terrible. Um, so I, I've got to jump back. Mm. Um, heroes for you as a teenager, because that's the point where. I, I've made I've asked every yes. guest to give us heroes from anywhere yes. from music from theatre from cinema whatever it was yes. politicians doesn't matter well Simon McBurney was one so I, I I got an obsession with complicity and had have seen more or less everything that they've done since yeah I think less so in recent years because you start to like don't meet your heroes <laughs> yeah, I did meet him once. Mm-hmm. He was quite pleasant, but it was an underwhelming experience. Sure. Yeah, yeah. And uh, and also because I'd done the training, I kind of see through the, I see through it a little mm-hmm. bit. Mm-hmm. Whereas before, I was stunned by the magic of it. Now mm-hmm. I can see the workings of it. Sure. Um, yeah. So there's him. Um, heroes. I mean, I remember you talking uh, and. Uh, even to recently talking about Kate Bush yes Kate Bush is a later thing for me actually right my earliest memory of Kate Bush is swinging on a pole outside a bus stop in Doncaster Mm. singing Babushka of course so this is sometime in the 70s isn't it so I'm a nipper so I'm a nipper so so she was around yeah and I think one of my, I think probably one of my favourite ever songs that I could listen to and maybe do every day of my life. Right. Is Running Up That Hill. I th- I, I, I think I... Every day of your life. I think may, not like, not like religiously. Right. But if I ever put a playlist, it's rare it's that there. it's not on there. Right. 
And I'm still thrilled whenever it starts. Yeah. It's the same with Houses of Love. I love that album. I can tell you the address of the house where she recorded it if you really want to go make a really? pilgrimage. It's in Eltham. Oh, wow. Opposite this one of the schools I teach in. Oh, God. But we'll have that off. Yeah. Mike. So, <laughs> so I, I, um, she was there. Yes. And I knew I loved that song. Yes. But I, the back catalogue was not something I knew. So it's one of those things... I've had a few... I've, I've had a few experiences of that. Mm-hmm. that mm-hmm. Um, rediscovering. They, yeah, it's rediscovering. So uh, there is uh, Kate Bush, who I've got everything she does, mm-hmm. has done. And... And you, like anything, you have your you have your favourite bits. But I just think she is extraordinary. In I love the fact that she tells stories. I love the fact that yes. she's theatrical, uh, that she creates worlds and stuff. I love her voice, um, and I just I, it's about yeah, it's about transcending, taking me somewhere else. Mm-hmm. I love that about her. Yeah, um, and that doesn't stop so her recent stuff I mean I'm really enjoying that mm-hmm. and I'm so gutted the amount of hours I spent waiting <sighs> for a ticket, for a ticket on, to that yeah on a queuing yeah. system same same but I heard that interview that she did recently about not wanting to make a video of it because it was the she wanted to capture the experience of liveness and that you can't do that on video and I was kind of thinking oh I really want to see the video but maybe I don't I don't know but I'm really enjoying the album um, yeah yeah uh, and the other the other person who I've had that experience with and had had no previous exposure to is Joni Mitchell ah. uh, so I have enjoyed her back catalogue of albums going right back yeah and they all, they're, they're something they, I play a lot. Keith, who is the other half mm. of mine, is, uh, is, is, is well, is slightly less so, but when I first met him, was a massive mm. fan and used to send me tapes with Tori Amos, yes. Joni Mitchell, yes. Arnie DeFranco. Um, so I kind of learned a lot of Joni Mitchell later in life, really, yeah, yeah. because of him. Yeah. So well, I remember saying, you having a tape of Joni Mitchell when you lived in Wandsworth. Yeah, I think uh, I had one one album. Yeah. And I can remember it was a bit wobbly because I copied I copied a lot of your yeah. tapes. It was And then I because I remember when I got the real version of it <laughs> I thought, "Oh, I thought that would have been on purpose." Because be. there's a song about coming from the cold and it sounds like yes, she's shivering yes. but it's because she had a wobbly tape yes <laughs> yes yeah that's right that album I had that one yeah but yeah since now discovered um, so, so they're, they're kind of okay, heroes okay so they're heroes yeah um, anything um, currently that you're particularly enamoured by uh, as far as music television or film anything recently that you've gone oh my god you have to see one of those moments. I'm a big Game of Thrones person. Are you? Okay. That is got to do... I love escapism. Oh, yeah. So, so, I love escapism. Yeah. And I love the binge culture of box set. Yeah. That I love that. Oh, yeah. I love... I suppose because... I'm try, I've often kind of wondered whether I'm a lazy person at heart. And then I think... Why are you wondering that? You're not like... How can you... Well, no. <laughs> you don't... You never sit still. But actually, 
there are pockets of time when I kind of want to shut the world out and just do nothing. That's the perfect way to do it. And I love it. So that one's good. I think I've watched practically... You know, there are are kind of... There are classy ones. Mm -hmm. And then there are ones that... This is really badly written and it's a bit... And you can tell it's written with... At, there were lot. There were lots of adverts in the original of this. Do you know yeah. What I mean? So yeah. it's not your HBOs are the good ones, aren't they? Yeah. Um, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. So I've seen all the Mad Men. I loved that. Okay. I loved um, uh, Breaking Bad's probably one of the best ever. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Loved that. I loved the writing, the acting. Um, so, but I'm not always uh, like a my guilty pleasure at the moment is RuPaul's Drag Race there we go and it happens again every (laughs) single podcast every single guest bar major who was my only straight male guest across the board I can't tell you how much like I I don't share it and sometimes I watch it on my laptop and Simon says, "What's that you're watching?" And I'll go, "Oh, it's just, um, it's just, it's just research." I actually, I'm trying to wonder what it <laughs> yeah. is because I have, I've watched over a hundred episodes. Like I'm on season oh. nine. Yeah, same. And um, I think he's amazing, and I just, and I think he's stuck. Like I love it when he walks down the catwalk. When we were hanging out together back in the day, yeah, Scrubbers. That was his emergence. That was it? around the right, the time he was a supermodel. Yeah. And I kind of remember it being in our yeah. part of our yeah. world and just kind of accepting that there was... Yeah. But it wasn't questioned there. But it was just like, he's a pop star. Yeah. It wasn't, he's a TV star. There, was yeah. no, there were no shows. And now look at... Yeah. Incredible. I think it's because it's a it's a bunch of... It's a bunch of outsiders who come together in a world where that is normal and that they, they're all equally odd. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And so I think people connect with that. And then very creative. Yeah. I love the fact that they make these things out of... Nina Benina Brown <laughs> cardboard head. Yeah. The stuff... That don't I, tell me who wins. Well, I don't, I don't know. All right. I, I, yeah, I don't... I, I, cause yes. we still... Don't tell me who wins because I haven't watched it. But I've got my favourite and I, I don't know, it's probably everybody, but I've been right every time. Mm-hmm. Like I've been backing the mm-hmm. right person. So... I like it because I trust Rue's... I trust... I think he's always right. Yeah. You know, uh-huh. I think in his judgment, he's always right. Yeah. Um, but it's just that there's no... There's not... There really is nothing else like it. Mm-hmm. It's an extraordinary world. And not one that I've... Uh, it's not one that I live in. I don't... I don't no. associate me being a gay man with any of that. But I... I love it. And, you know, when... Whereas when I was a kid... I might have been a bit embarrassed by mm-hmm. sissies or any kind of... I love it now. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. And I, I, I have a great relationship with my students. And when I when I see that, I, I celebrate. Is the there fact. always a catwalk in every show? There's a little bit. A, <laughs> yeah. But, you know, we have... we. It's a, we I work with a generation of young people who have had a different experience to us. Yes. And there is a confidence that they've been given in their own sexuality, in their own identity, with parents that had more of a world view, yeah, maybe. Yeah, sure, of course. And, you know, so I've got kids who are, you know, they do their Beyonce routines and mm-hmm. sometimes in the heels. And mm-hmm. and so I rather like all that. Mm. 
and uh, and I no, it's hell. It's uh, celebrate hell. it. So yes, that's my guilty pleasure. So which, which <laughs> brilliant. So also this is the point where you tell us where you are now currently. We'll go back a little bit because yeah. we have to we have to we have to go and have lunch yes. actually because <laughs> our stomachs are rumbling. Um, but so. Where are you now? What's your position? Who are you, Peter Bramley? Tell the world now. Because half the world listening will know anyway. My name is Peter Bramley. Yes. And usually I speak an octave (laughs) higher than this, but I've got laryngitis. (laughs) Um, I don't think I've got... No, no, no. no, no, no. I I am the head of movement at a theatre school, a a drama school called Rose Bruford College, which is in Kent. In Kent, near London. And it's coming up to its 65th, 66th birthday, something like that. I should pay more attention. (laughs) I think it's had its 65th birthday. I think we'd just be on 65. Yeah, yeah. And it was the first drama school in the UK to give a degree. So not only do our students get the vocational training that get a degree mm. and our famous alumni yes uh, which people usually want to know well there's there's a kind of an old list and then there's a newer more exciting the last one, 20 exciting. years yeah so our big names are Tom Baker Tom Baker yes uh, Doctor Who yes um, Gary Oldman the biggest oh, famous yes, one yes of course but I Who think I love yes yeah. and he's very talented but I think Gary Oldman might have left before finished right okay so I think we're grabbing onto that but I'm not sure what yeah, the whole story is still, but he yeah. is a very good actor so we'll, yeah. we'll keep that one keep that one um uh Pat St. Clement Pam St. Clement Pam St. Clement who's Pat Butcher who's Pat Butcher which is a character on the British soap EastEnders which is massive and she was in it for years she was in it for years um, matriarchal character and then lots of people that you see on telly all the time in yeah. adverts and odd things who aren't necessarily famous but are well known yeah. good rounded actors that's the kind of thing that we turf yeah. out and the most famous recent ones that I've trained yeah. are Sam Palladio who's in Nashville uh-huh. the ABC yes. yeah. a rather a good looking chap yeah. and um Hayley Squires, who was in the uh, I, Daniel Blake. Yes. And she yes. was nominated alongside, it was quite extraordinary, Meryl Streep and <laughs> Viola Davis uh-huh, uh-huh. in this year's BAFTAs. Mm, incredible. So she didn't get it, but do you know what? How amazing. Yeah, yeah done. How amazing. Done. So, so proud of her. And um, uh, we had Maddie Hill, who... Uh, was in EastEnders for a couple of years and then she's mm-hmm. just done big Shakespeare things at the Globe and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. So, you know, there's a few a good... clanging names dropping. Yeah. But well, it, also, you were yeah. saying earlier that one of the things that you appreciate and you like is just seeing actors going out, not about them becoming superstars, but yeah. about them learning how to keep themselves afloat and to work and be happy just as a jobbing actor. And yeah. If they're, if they're happy doing that. Yes. That's cool as well. Yeah, absolutely. There's um, there's a few... When I advertise various things on Facebook, I join various Facebook groups. And sometimes I get into discussions mm-hmm. on these Facebook groups. <laughs> and maybe sometimes I shouldn't mm-hmm. because I get too involved with them. You, have you done that? I, 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 I do I less have of to, it. Yeah. I have to step away. Yes. Oh, I, I've stopped all of yeah. that now. I've... Kind of spend too much time being angry about yes. things that are just not. Yes, and I've I've starting to pull away from that. Yeah, 
But there, there were a few who... It's just the naivety of young people... Uh, uh, their their perception of what success is mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and what that actually means. Mm-hmm. So, it to some people, I think being on telly is the be all and end all, yeah. and that whether you are selling car insurance in an advert or you've got two lines in a drama, that that is you've made it. Mm-hmm. And of course, we know that the reality is. If you manage to get one of those in a year, you've given yourself a couple of days' pay. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So <clears throat> it's that kind of um, um, because I'm very, because I was always very driven. I've always been entrepreneurial. Um, I've always I've never really understood the idea of coming out of drama school and saying to an agent or someone like that. Um, Here's my destiny. Mm-hmm. And let me put that into your hands. Mm-hmm. Now you go and do something with mm-hmm. it. Um, you have to be proactive. And, you know, maybe there, there is some luck involved. You might be lucky Absolutely. enough to be at the right place at the right time and get the right agent and stuff. But. And, uh, but you have to be realistic. I would say that in this day and age, there aren't any... Um, there aren't any rep companies anymore. You can't... Join a theatre company out in the no, suburbs and no. learn your trade that way. It's a different world. It's a world where I think really all actors should find another string to their bow, because waiting and waiting on tables and bar work can be great, <coughs> but for do it for five years and not act for five years, mm-hmm. and your soul is destroyed a little bit. Mm-hmm. Whereas if you can find something that does fulfil you in a different way and maybe even enables you to do the acting when it comes up. Sure. Which that, is, which is yeah. not always easy to find. Yeah. But. but you can do that if you set up your own business exactly. or you, uh, you, know, you have another trade. So, for instance, it works like if you're a yoga teacher or something like that. Do you know what I mean? If you gay cleaning company, gay cleaning company, you see, you can just get it's another gay <laughs> to do the cleaning for you. Yeah. But it's true. No, as you long as they if fit you... the skimpy outfit. <laughs> <coughs> can you imagine if we were trying to do that? <laughs> I don't know. I wonder to what extent that our, em- our employers were kind of titillated by the idea of us being scrubbers. And then we turned up and we were just quite polite young men. We were quite polite young men. Who just actually got on with some work. And we were still over-ambitious, because I don't know if you remember, but we said we would clean windows, and it was a nightmare. Oh, God. Because oh, and we were both petrified of going up a ladder. Just, but, like, I mean, ironing yeah. for yourself is one thing, but ironing for someone else. Yes. Oh, yeah. God. We're far too ambitious. Anyway. But, no. But, yeah, no, yes. you're right. So giving people... Yes. giving I think what you're trying to yeah. say is... Yeah. Have, have something better to fall back on than and just, just bar work. And I found that because uh, the reason I'm at Rosa Bruford College yeah. is because I discovered, uh, quite by accident, that I like teaching and that I am good at it. Mm-hmm. And that was a godsend for me because I think until that point my dream had been to act and to be an actor. And I've acted... Um, yeah. but I've acted but I don't I, d- I never went down that route I've, d- I've never been in an audition room or a 
a recall. I make my own oh, workable work. Yeah, 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 yeah. That's actually that's interesting that you've. Yeah. Yeah. So and the other thing is like I I do it when I want or if an in, if a project interests me. Yeah. And there are things that I can't do because I've got a job. I mean, in some ways, you. I'm institutionalized. I've been there for eleven years, and you, you give, you give up some freedom. Mm-hmm. The benefits you've got some security, but you kind of sell a bit of your soul off, I suppose. But clearly, it all works because the amount of times, ladies and gentlemen, when I uh, work with younger actors in scenarios, in many different scenarios, and they've come from Rose Bruford. And there is always uh, a fondness and uh, uh, not just a fondness, but a lot of respect for you. A reverence. A reverence. They revere. Well, no, see, it's, I it's, teach them that in the first week. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Lesson one, bitches. No, it's it's fine. No, it's good. I yeah. always go, yeah. And then I try to hold back about the story about Scrubbers. <laughs> But you don't manage to keep <laughs> it back Then it doesn't very long, long do and then I'm like, because then I've, and then Peter Bramley is just, and the creation, and, and it's just the kind of the method and the pattern we went, and like, hey, he also has a cleaning company. <laughs> Let it go. <laughs> um, oh my God. So there are so many things. I mean, I've got all the names of all the shows that you've done. I want to talk about that, but we're, just, we're not going to, have to do it. But Peter and Pants on Fire has been just... You've been to Off-Broadway, for mm. instance. You mm. took them a couple of years ago? Was it was it? 2011. 11, I say, a yes. few years ago. but Because um, you won a Carol Tambor Award in yes. Edinburgh, Edinburgh Festival, mm. which allowed you to do that. Yes. So, uh, But that wasn't your first experience in New York, because you worked there. I lived there, yes. You lived there? Yeah. Um, in two th- it was after 9-11. So it was the end of... It was December 2001... Um, my partner Simon had been working for he was, he's had a couple of careers he's just about to retire from teaching but before teaching he worked in travel mm-hmm. and he had just um, he was just coming to the end he had an awful job it was a well paid job that he went in every day thinking that he was going to be the end and it yeah. was changed him into a not very nice person and it was stressful and all that kind of thing. Mm. So he got made redundant and had rather a nice package. And then a friend... So to speak. Yes. <laughs> and then a friend of his um, who runs... Has since died, actually, but mm. runs a, a company, ran a company, which sold Australasia... Australian holidays mm-hmm. to the American market mm-hmm. and there weren't many agencies that were doing it mm-hmm. and they had an office in New York and he said would you like to come to New York mm-hmm. now I had already done a show in New York at the Fringe Festival with a friend uh-huh. with a friend from Lecoq and I was just on the back of that and a tour around Canada I just got back and I said Yes, can we can we yeah, please go? Yeah, yeah. Take it, take it. Can we please go? And then I'll come out and etc. Anyway, so I had contracts to teach. So he went out six months before me, mm-hmm. and I went at Easter, and then uh, I I joined him in June. Yeah, and we spent two years there. Where did you live? Well, we had an apartment on the corner of we subletted, mm-hmm. like foreigners do. Yeah. 
uh, and it was on the corner of 2nd Avenue and 14th Street. Okay. Above a Kentucky Fried Chicken. Yeah. <laughs> well, but kind of around the back. And I've, I've been to New York since and walked past it and it's looking rather posher than it did when, oh, okay. when I lived there. So we were there for about six to seven months and then we moved into a 34th floor apartment on 42nd Street, but right oh. at the end of 42nd. It sounds no, glamorous. But it's but a it's, long street. Yes, yeah. it's, it's on the Hudson, basically. Yeah, 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 yeah. And it's this big place called River Place. And um, we had... Just because we have listeners in New York, so... Yes, right? yeah. I, and I absolutely... I loved living there. I still do. Did, we didn't want to come back. Mm. And we had this glorious apartment. And the reason we had it is because nobody else wanted it, because it was triangular. Right. And if you think about putting furniture into a triangular right. space, I did rather a good job, actually. Of, co- of course. Um, <laughs> but I, and made it really beautiful. But it was an odd shape and nobody wanted it. But it had what a 180 view of Manhattan. Wow. You could see right down, uh, right down to the end of mm-hmm. the island. You mm-hmm. could, from the bedroom window, you could see the Hudson, mm-hmm. going up the Hudson. And out of the other end of the living room, you could see... The Chrysler Building, sure. and you know, so it was all there. It was the proper. Yeah, and so you know, slept, curtain. never closed the curtains, always slept with the, the mm-hmm. you know, mm-hmm. all the windows open. Absolutely loved it, but, um, I just because it was after nine eleven, the um, security was very tight, and I was given a visa to work for the company that Simon was working mm-hmm, for. Mm-hmm. So um, so it was all legitimate, but I had to work in a travel agency. So it was a bit of a kind of pause in my sure. career, but you know, I was willing but to do to it. Be. But the idea was that I would get there and then I would try and find a teaching job. Mm-hmm. Well, when you're on a visa now, you can only work for the company that sponsors you. Right. Before 9-11, right. you would have been able to manage it somehow because mm-hmm. you're already there and your partner's there, whatever. Sure. So I went to uh, do some workshops and I I was looking for a job, basically, but mm-hmm. I went to teach at Yale. It's in oh, Connecticut. Yes. yes, 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 yes. And it was... Uh, I went there a couple of times and did some workshops and at the end of them they discovered that they couldn't pay me because I was not a resident or whatever. Uh, anyway, so they so I had to invoice them through Simon's company. Right. But it became really clear that mm, if I have got a life here, I will either have to study, be a student, do it that way, or I don't know. I didn't I didn't know what the future was. The company that Simon was working for got sold and um, it was turned into a call centre in Arizona. Right. So the visa was tied up with that and we had to come back. Mm -hmm. So we came back and actually immediately once we got back, I went back to New York because I'd applied for the New York Fringe. So I went and did a, a show there and possibly quite illegally <laughs> yeah I mean it's it's gone now it's happened <laughs> it's gone it was a long time ago 
It was a long time ago. And I think, I think the Fringe were kind of pleased to have foreign companies there. Mm-hmm. And, we're, and if it weren't, if it wasn't your, if you didn't have permission, then that's, I guess they thought, well, that's your yeah, problem. Yeah. You should have sorted that out. Yeah. So anyway, but it, uh, yeah, that was fun. And yes, yeah, so we won the Carol Tambor Award. And it was quite extraordinary. I'd been to Edinburgh with you. Yeah. 1993. Yeah, yeah. And uh, I'd been back in 95. I took another version of The Back Eye. Must have been obsessed with that play. Uh, and called yes, it I'm, Fever. Gonna... Right. Mm-hmm. And then I went back in 1996. Uh, and I was in Bent. Yep. Yeah, I'm... Just reminded this by looking at your website yeah. yesterday. Yeah, 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 yeah. And then I didn't go back until 2005. And uh, I went there with a show that I toured in Canada. Mm-hmm. And that was quite a, kind of a, a strange experience for, because it had done really well in Canada. It mm-hmm. won a couple of awards and it was sell-out shows and it was really hyped up. Sure. And then, of course, in Edinburgh, it's such a massive place that you're nobody and nowhere. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and it was, we had good reviews, but then I couldn't correlate those good reviews with the experience. It just seemed to finish in a, all right, yeah. we pack up, we got the reviews, nothing's kind of happened. To use, useful. Yeah. Nothing useful's happened and I don't know what it's about. Mm-hmm. It's okay, it's about exposure, all that kind of thing. Mm. So I kind of thought... I don't know what Edinburgh is and I don't know if I want to go there. It's Mm. not that I had an awful experience. It's just that it's such a commitment. You're there for a month. It's so expensive. You're not getting paid. Um, For people who haven't been, um, it's because it is the biggest, still the biggest festival, arts festival in the world, isn't it? It's enormous. Um, And, but it is the competition is, I mean, I don't know. I can't, no idea of the figures, but you're competing Comedy is competing against theatre and every kind of theatre is competing mm. against each other. Mm. Uh, it's uh, Comedy is probably taking over now, actually, yeah. as every year goes by. But it's a, it's, it's a brilliant experience, yeah. but it's a tough sell. And if you, again, it's luck and you hit the right nerves yeah. and you get the right reviewers, it's all good. But if you yeah. don't, doesn't mean your show's not great. It just means... You've not. Oh, your publicity is not great, or you've got to be there and you've got to give blood. You've got to prepare to give and blood. And I, f- I felt by that time that I was a bit of a veteran sure. in that I'd done a lot of different fringes or uh, done six in Canada. Yeah. And um, and I'd been to the fringe itself about th- four yeah. times. So I was. I can remember watching other companies who were doing really well and winning awards and stuff, and I, I kind of thought. How do you do that? Because I know that the show's good, mm. but how? What? How? How do yeah. you do it? And so um, I can't. I kind of went to Edinburgh reluctantly in two thousand and ten. I'd made a show and invited the show I'd done for my MA. I did an MA while I was at college, mm. and for the combination of the MA, I did a show, mm. which was of his metamorphosis. Yeah. And um, and I invited the artistic direct, not the the theatre director from the Pleasance, mm-hmm. and with a view to performing in London yeah. at the Pleasance. Yeah. 
and uh, her name was Cass. I don't know if you knew Cass. She's um, yeah, 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 yeah. Okay. She um, she kind of basically talked me into going to Edinburgh. She said, you know, we've got some really lovely venues mm-hmm. that are great for that show, and I think it would be good. Yeah. I really think it would work. And I kind of went, ooh, that's like a proper venue, isn't it? That's <laughs> like you know, it's not the church hall with the uh, or a shop with yeah, the windows yeah, yeah. done. It's like a proper beautifully kind of done out theatre and the space the space to perform is quite big mm-hmm. um, with bigger venues come bigger costs and bigger risks mm-hmm. so the guarantee is bigger so it was a big thing still a big risk but I'd done the show in September and I knew it was good mm-hmm. and I knew I didn't know that it was award winning good but I knew I was proud of it yeah. and I've really learned from that since actually I wouldn't go to Edinburgh unless it was with that Sure. Because I've been sure, since yeah, with yeah, something yeah, yeah. that wasn't ready. Right. And that's difficult. Right. That's, that's really tough. But knowing it's fully cooked. It was fully cooked. And also, I enjoyed watching it. Every time they did it, I enjoyed watching it. I still yeah. do, actually. I'm really proud of that show. That was, because we are going to... Yeah. Um, that was the point where we properly connected again. Was that year? Yes, it was. Because I was there with uh, Terrible Infants. Yeah. And... You well, were... we had we had Jess in common because yes. she was in the cast, and her boyfriend at the time was with Infants, yeah. and um, so we, she, you'd seen her in social circles, and we were, that's it. We were kind of saying, "How is Matt? How yeah. is Peter?" And then we met and then up, and it was lovely. Oh. And the years and then rolled the years back. Rolled by and we still talked about cleaning. But however, <laughs> and then uh, and then I was writing something. Uh, had ideas for something with uh, Greenwich Theatre and we said I said we had chats and I said would you be able to come and help us with that and you ended up directing Jennifer Skylark and The Seagull's Handbook which was a lovely show wasn't it which was really lovely and Um, we did it over a year which was also nice yeah we we met up in a little room met up in a little room at Greenwich Theatre and yeah, cold, cold nights. They were cold nights, weren't they? In there? Shivering yeah. in that room, and then, <laughs> and then, and then it happened. Yeah, um, and it was quite kind of extraordinary that show, wasn't it? It was, it was site specific. Yeah, and it, and we chartered a boat to take the audience there. Yeah, the, the boat on the Thames. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. And it was a, a, a warehouse basement turned into the inside of a ship. It was very clever. It was. I mean, we were all we were all very clever, weren't yeah. we? <laughs> Didn't we do well? We did really well. Um, it is, and there is a YouTube clip uh, of it actually of one of the songs from it, which I think Andrew maybe have mentioned because Andrew was here as a guest. Yes. Uh, Terribly brave Vikings. So anyway, have a look at that on YouTube. But anyway, we've got so much to still discuss, but we are, we are on, hours we? and hours down the line. I think this could be another... T- you may have given me my second two-part oh. instalment. I'm a two-parter. Yeah, I think you might be. <gasps> Don't say the time. <laughs> I know it's quite... But anyway, ladies and gentlemen, I hope... You, however this is being released, I will, I will decide uh, later... <laughs> Uh, that you have enjoyed and hopefully we'll get Peter back there is going to be a Christmas special where I'm going to be inviting all my London guests and even some of my Skype guests to all be in the room at the same time oh how lovely 
and we will wearing see baubles. how the, wearing baubles and see how that plays out. We may even have it uh, videoed. But anyway. Um, Peter, thank you so much it's for been joining. It's been a pleasure. Thank you for having um, me. We've got all the websites, and I will link them to everything on SoundCloud and iTunes. Mm. And uh, do join us again. Thank you, Peter. Say goodbye to the world. Goodbye, world. <laughs> <laughs>